Does that feel good to be friendly in church? How, how is everybody doing this morning? Are you doing well? For those that didn't respond, we'll be praying for you after the service. Um, no, just we want to give a very big welcome to you. Um, Wherever you're from, can, we just want to give a very big welcome to all the different churches that are represented here. We want to give an even bigger welcome to anybody that maybe has come with a friend or a family member or is just checking out church for the first time. You're very, very welcome here. This morning when I was thinking about um, being welcome in church, I remembered one of my more unwelcoming experiences in church. Um, I, uh, I'm a Kiwi boy at heart, even though my accent would say otherwise. My mom's a Kiwi, and so I've, I've bounced back and forth between New Zealand and the States uh, most of my life. And this current Easter service, I was in the States, and um, my wife and I, we went to an African-American service for Easter. It was an Easter service. And, um, and being the half-good Kiwi boy that I am, my, my attire was, I, I had a colored shirt on, but I had shorts and jandals on as well, because that's... I thought I looked pretty sharp. And so I went along to church, and as soon as I got to the parking lot, people started talking about, you're wearing sandals and shorts to church on Easter Day. And, and I still had no problem with that. And, uh, and they were very friendly about it. I think I just I shocked them. And so I started to realize I'd missed the dress code memo when they came in their three-piece suits, and the shoes were shined, and they had the bling going on. And... and I think the pastor might have mentioned my dress attire more than he did Jesus in that service. He was, it was so en, enraptured with what I was wearing. I was still pretty comfortable. But regardless of what you're wearing, as long as you're wearing clothes this morning, we hope and pray that you feel really welcomed, regardless of where you've come from. And uh, so just a really big welcome to you this morning. This morning, we get to celebrate, we get to reflect on, and we get to share about the good news of Jesus. We get to share about the good news of Jesus. And so I was thinking about good news. Do you remember the last time that you got some good news? Like some really good news? I, uh, I was remembering when I was a kid. I think it's probably one of the best pieces of news I've ever got. My mom woke us up. One, um, it, was, it, was an, it was April. It was early in the morning. It was a school day. And she woke us up. And, and she woke us up a little bit early. And she gave the first piece of good news, which I think is some of the best news that a kid can hear. She said, you guys aren't going to school today. I said, man, this, is, this was a great day. And then she gave us some even better news. And I don't know if there's better news that a kid can hear when you're growing up. She said some magical words to me. She said, we're going to Disneyland. I was so excited. We started racing around to get ready. We started racing around. My, I have a little brother and sister, and we were so excited to go to Disneyland. Ten minutes later, my mom comes in. She's a little bit, <laughs> she's not as perky as she was. And she said, guys, I didn't realize you were going to get this excited. It's April Fool's Day today. <laughs> and, and you're not going anywhere. You're going to school this morning. <laughs> and so my brother and sister and I are still working through some counseling in that regards. And uh, that, that was some really good news that I received. But some other good news that I received, I think probably the best news that I think I've ever gotten in my life was when I, well, maybe not my life. I think the, the good news of Jesus was maybe a little bit better. But when 
my wife and I, we found out that we were having um, a baby boy. It, it was just, I remember it. I had the video camera. I've got the memory on, on film as well, although it's not filming me. It's filming my wife. Um, but I remember, and I didn't have the baby boy. My wife did. But I just remember receiving that news and just what it did for me, the good news of receiving that. And it meant even more. Because on a more serious note, my wife had had, had a miscarriage earlier, and she, she'd been pregnant with twins. And so she'd had a miscarriage before that one. So it was even more special for us to receive that news. And I didn't know how my life was going to be changed. I now have two boys. I didn't know how my life was going to be changed by that good news. I was really excited at the idea of becoming a father and the idea of those kinds of things. But a whole lot changes when you have kids. Both of my boys are allergic to sleep. So I, I'm still trying to find what medicine works for them in that regard. But there's things that change, like sleep. But there's also things that change when you get to teach them how to talk and how to walk. And you get to go and experience fun things. And my son loves Angry Birds right now. And I'm a bad father for letting him play it so young. But I, there's something about when I became a father that that kind of news changed everything for me. Even my identity to some degree. Before I was looking out for... My son, or not my son, my wife, maybe. But when you have children to look after, there's this new thing that happens. Some news absolutely changes everything else. Some news is momentary. Most news is not as momentary as my Disneyland news. That was very momentary. But some news changes everything. There's an overflow effect with some good news. And I think that's like the gospel The gospel simply means the good news. There is some news that has an overflow effect into every area of your life, and it changes every aspect of your life when you receive it. And I would submit to you this morning as we're reflecting on that to think about how the good news has changed your life. Or if you're wondering about the good news, I want to present to you that it's something that changes everything in your life. So what is the gospel? What is the good news? The gospel simply just means to announce the good news or the good news. The good, we've already heard it quite a bit today in the songs that we've sung. We've already heard it quite a bit in the, in the exaltation from the worship leader and, and from Carl as well. Do you love Carl? His energy. I just, I just. The good news is this, is that Jesus died and he rose again. And today we celebrate that he rose again conquering death. The fact that he could rise again means that he's conquered death. He died for you and he died for me. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians that says, so in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. And this morning, what I want to talk about is the life of Jesus. We're celebrating the life of Jesus this morning. One of my favorite scriptures that I think is so pertinent for this morning is in John 10.10. Jesus came so that we could have life. And life more abundantly. Or in, in, in an easier way, life to the full. I love that expression. That it's, it's not some distant day where we can have life. But it's today that you can have life. Jesus came so that we could have life and have life to the full. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it this way. This is the gospel put into simple terms. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong. 
so that we could be put right with God. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. One of the ideas that I want to really just reflect on today, it might not be new, but is to reflect on this thing that Jesus did that we've been singing about. I, I want to, if we can, help it not to be a distant act that happened 2,000 years ago for a lot of people. I want to make it a personal, intimate act that happened for you right now in 2016. This was something that was done for the masses. It was done for everyone. I can't even wrap my head around how many billions of people there are that have lived today and that, have, that are living today and that have lived in the past. But this is not a distant act for the masses, but this is such an intimate and personal act that was done for you and that was done for me. I was thinking about it in the way of, of a metaphor of getting your driver's license. We, we all, most of us maybe, have a driver's license. And we all have to get the same license. You don't get to say, I want a different kind of license. We all get the same license. We all study from the same book. We have to take the same test. We have to go and do the driving test just as they say. I failed my restricted for the, the first time I took it. I did cry when I did that. I was 15 years old and I'm not proud of it. But we all have to take the same test. But I want to submit to you that the gospel is similar to this. That I don't want us to stop at recognizing and celebrating something that Jesus did unless we're looking at how it transformed us. We, we can't keep the cross and the fact that he's risen that we're celebrating that this morning if we keep it at arm's distance. If we don't let it go that extra mile to say, how has it impacted me? How specifically has his life transformed me? How is his life outworking itself in my life right now? Otherwise, it's a distant act that we can celebrate and we say, God, you did some amazing things for some people. But it's safer to keep it out there. This morning, I want to explore how is his life impacting your life? There was a comment that I heard that I thought was so powerful that is, is kind of started me on this theme this morning. Someone said this. They said, how do you know what good news to share with someone until you know what good news they need to hear? I'm going to say it again. How do you know what good news to share with someone until you know what good news they need to hear? What a powerful thought that even though this thing that Jesus did was for everyone, your story your background, your history is going to work itself out differently than the person on your right and your left and to me. Everybody gets the same license, but what you do with that license looks different based on who you are, what you've done, what your story is, the things that you've gone through. When I got my license, I, I got it so that I could go work at Right Price in Masterton. I don't even think it exists anymore. It's a little grocery store. When other people get their licenses, they want to get to school. Or maybe they want to travel the world. Some people might get their license so they can do wheelies in the parking lot. I don't know. Every one of us gets the license, the same license. But what we do with that and the way that we outwork it and the way that we use it is so specific for you and it's so specific for me. And this morning when we celebrate that he's risen... Let's not leave it as a theory, but let's celebrate what has he done in my life? What has he done in your life? Jesus himself, I, there's this, 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 Jesus always talked in stories and parables, but I love this one about the shepherd. 
What he says in Matthew 18, he said, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, one of them goes astray, will he not leave the 99 that are safe and are okay right here and go after the one? If he has, and he's talking about the Father's heart. The heart of God is for the one. The heart of God is to go after the one. And even though we've got so many different churches represented here and we've got maybe some visitors in here, there's a, there's a crowd in here, but Jesus sees each and every one of us so intimately and personally, and he sees a one here and a one here. He doesn't see the 99. How has his life impacted your life? God cares for the one. It doesn't, we talked about how you dress, but it doesn't matter who you are. There's a story that I, that I, I think is quite a fascinating story, but the Spirit of God quickens to a man named Philip. And he tells Philip, go over to this guy sitting in this chariot and talk to him. So Philip wanders over to this guy sitting in a chariot. And he sees that this guy is reading from the scriptures. He's actually reading in Isaiah. And he tells, and he tells him, he said, what are you reading there? Do you understand what you're reading? And the guy replies, how can I understand if no one will guide me? And it just turns out that this guy was an Ethiopian eunuch. And he was the treasurer of the, the Queen Candace of the Ethiopians. An Ethiopian eunuch. It doesn't matter who you are. Philip then went on to, sh- and the Bible says this, it went on to share the good news of Jesus starting from that scripture. It doesn't matter what you've done. On the cross, there was two criminals on each side of Jesus, and one was mocking him. But the other one says, I'm up here because I deserved it. I did the things that I shouldn't have done, and that's the reason why I'm up here. I deserved everything that I'm currently getting. And he says, but you don't deserve to be up here with me. He says, will you remember me? And Jesus says, truly, I will remember you in paradise. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. There is good news for you. This morning, just briefly, I want to look at a couple of stories of the one. We want to talk about the fact that Jesus died, that he rose again, that he conquered death. But we want to talk about the one. How has it impacted the one? What does it look like in your life to have the one, to be the one. The first story is a place where I would want Jesus to turn up if ever I really wanted him to turn up. The first story we're going to look at is in court. You don't have to raise your hand if you've been to court recently. There's a woman in the Bible that was caught in the act of adultery. She broke the Jewish law of sexual misconduct. And she's brought before Jesus in the temple. He's, he's in the temple and he's teaching. And this is where they pass judgment on people that, that did things that they weren't supposed to be doing. And she's brought before all of the people and all of the religious leaders. And I imagine she's, she's not very ceremoniously taken before them. She's probably gra- grabbed and probably thrown, I would imagine, in the middle of all these people. It's a scenario that I would never want to find myself in, being shamed in front of a huge group of people. And the punishment for what she had done, according to Jewish law, 
was stoning by death. Her future was not looking very bright at this time. I think I would want Jesus to turn up at that point. As we're looking at each story today, I want you to try and picture your story and where Jesus has turned up in your story. We can make these stories so long ago in a distant thing, but the way that Jesus interacts and who Jesus is for each of these people is so unique. The way his life outworks itself is so unique. This woman is sitting in front of a crowd with people probably starting to pick up stones. And Jesus says, man, if, if, if y'all are perfect, you can start throwing stones at her. They slowly put the stones down and they walk away. Jesus is left with this woman. He's left with her alone. And he says, has anybody condemned you? And she says, no, nobody's condemned me. And he says, the good, this is the good news that Jesus brought to her. And I believe that Jesus brings good news to each and every one of us. The good news that he brought to this woman, he said, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What the good news of Jesus was for this one was not only freedom from her accusers, pe- people that were calling her out and wanting to condemn her, but was freedom from condemnation, freedom from shame. Free- I, don't, I don't know if, if I'm the only one that's messed up before, but we can identify with this woman who didn't make it through all the laws and didn't make it through all the rules. But what the good news that Jesus brought for her was freedom from condemnation. The good news, that's what it looked like in her life. What does it look like in your life? What is the good news that has been brought to you? Or if you're still waiting to receive good news, I want to give you an opportunity at the end of this service to come and receive the good news. I guess maybe even more importantly than court, when I would want Jesus to turn up, would be our second story at a funeral. I think that's a really good place for Jesus to turn up. The next guy I want to look at, the next one, is Lazarus. I don't know if you've heard about Lazarus, if you're unfamiliar with church, or if you are, you might have, you know his story really well. But Jesus was a personal friend to this guy named Lazarus. They were homeboys. And he was really good friends with his sisters, Martha and Mary, And word came along that Lazarus got really, really sick. He was like really sick, possibly going to die. And Jesus didn't turn up in time and Lazarus ended up dying. And so Jesus began to kind of make the trek over to Lazarus's where he had died. And everybody was heartbroken. Jesus was heartbroken you want to remember a scripture verse, Jesus wept. It's right in that passage. He wept alongside them. He felt the pain that they went through. But one of the reasons why they called Jesus, I don't know how they called him. They must have sent messengers. They didn't have text messaging back then. Jesus got word that he was sick. But the reason why they called Jesus is because Jesus was known to heal people. And I don't have time this morning to go into that. But each person that he healed represents a different person that has a different piece of good news and a different story that received the life of Jesus in a different way. There were people that were blind that were healed. There were people that were deaf that could hear again. There were people that were lame that could walk again. There were people that were 
dead and Jesus raised them to life. Each one of those people has a different story to tell and a different background of how they got into that place and how the life of Jesus was made real to them. And what I would submit is that we need a body of believers and a body of Christ that knows what the life of Jesus has done in them. And how do you know the good news to share unless you know what good news has been done for you and what good news they need to hear? What has the life of Jesus done and looked like in your life? Jesus makes his way and he finds Lazarus and Lazarus has been dead for four days. It's a powerful scripture. It's in John 11 if anyone wants to do some personal reading. Jesus said to Martha as they're weeping, as they're saying we don't understand, you could have healed him had you got here. He says some powerful words. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he, though he die, yet shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life. They don't quite understand it. They say, yeah, we believe that, but you still really should have been here so that my brother wouldn't have died. You still loved him. And Jesus does a miraculous thing. And he goes, he says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out. And here's the good news that I want to focus on for a second. What was the good news for Lazarus? And, and like we said before, the good news has an overflow effect. There's not just one piece of good news that we get, but it changes every single piece of your life in some way, in some form, in some fashion. But the good news for Lazarus is this. He comes out and he's bound up in the grave clothes. I, he probably looked like a mummy, I guess. I don't know. But he's bound up in his grave clothes and he comes out and his face is covered. And it says he's bound up in the linen. But Jesus says this. Well, the Bible, I'll just read the scripture. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. The good news for Lazarus from Jesus was he said, take off those things that have bound you in the past. Take off those things that are linked to something that represents death in your life. What has bound you in the past? What has kept you back from experiencing life? Because the good news of Jesus, he says, I want to unbind you. I want to take off the things that have bound you in the past. Let unbind him and let him go. The good news of Jesus for Lazarus is that Jesus can unbind you from things that have been death to you in your life. When we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we're not celebrating an um, a distant thing that happened a long time ago. We're celebrating something that he's brought life to you right here and right now. The power of the cross is not this nice thing that he did. There's transformation in your life right here and right now. Jesus takes that which binds us off so we can have life. The last guy I want to talk about is Peter. I'm just going to read a passage when, when Jesus meets Peter. And Peter is one of his closest confidants, one of his closest friends. And this is when he meets Peter in Matthew 4.18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Follow me 
and I will make you fishers of men. I find that probably a lot of us can identify with Peter. He's an ordinary, hard-working, rough-and-tumble kind of guy. In his spare time, he cuts people's ears off. He's a rough guy. He's, he's, he's just at work one day. He's just, he's just doing what he's always done. He's casting the net into the sea. But Jesus comes along. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. What is the good news for Peter? Well, there's, like there's layers for all of us. The good news isn't just one thing, but it's an overflow. But the initial piece of good news is this, is that Jesus calls him into a life of purpose. Jesus calls him into a life of purpose. And not only a life of purpose, but he even gives him a new name. He was called Simon. The, the name Simon means reed. And he gives him a new name called Peter. We all know that Peter, maybe, maybe we know, means rock. He says, I'm giving you a new identity. An identity that is filled with a life of purpose. He's no longer going to be serving himself. He's no longer going to be looking out for himself trying to uh, just get fish and maybe have a little bit of extra to go and sit at home and watch the latest TV shows. He's saying, I'm calling you to a life of purpose where you're going to be living. And not just living, but you're going to be bringing my life that I've given to you. And you're going to be somebody that can bring that to other people. What an exciting life. And each of us are called to a life of purpose in him. Each of us are called to be life bringers like Jesus was. That's the ultimate thing of what we're called to. Not filling space here, but we're called to live life, know how he's changed our life, and then go and bring more life to other people. That's the message of Easter. He came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Life to the full. You can tell that I get excited about that. The good news is this, regardless of your situation, regardless of who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, Jesus offers you life. He offers you life. The answer is not found in you, and the answer is not found in me, but there is an answer, and it is found in him. So this morning, I know I've already asked you before, but what good news have you received? What does the good news look like in your life? What people need to hear is not a religious formula. They need to hear how the life of God has influenced and impacted your life. How the resurrection of Jesus, how when he died and we sang about it, such a painful death, And he rose on the third day, which is what we celebrate today. The best way we can honor that is to identify. I love the scripture where it says we have to identify with his death so that we can identify with his life. But we have to know what the life of Jesus looks like in us, living, breathing, talking, walking. We have to, when I love what Carl said, you have to be able to give a reason for the hope that we carry. This morning, All I'm encouraging us is to reflect on what is the reason for the hope that we carry. Don't let it be a distant thing that happened for the masses. I want to know, why did Jesus die for you? When he rose, what's the thing in you that's exhibiting life right now? We have a hope for the future, but we can be living in purpose right now. The life of Jesus. He came that we can have life and life to the full.
Jesus, as I'm kind of wrapping this thing up, Jesus was in the temple one time, and they were reading from the scriptures in Isaiah. And Jesus says, this scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing. Right now, what you're hearing, this scripture is being fulfilled. And I want to read you out what that scripture was. This was a passage that was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. He says, today, this scripture is being fulfilled. It's from Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Are you a prisoner? Have you been held captive? Are you afflicted by something? Are you brokenhearted? Because Jesus has come to fulfill all of those different things. The good news looks so different for each one of us in our lives. We all get the same license. We all recognize that he died and he rose again. We celebrate that. And that's what we're celebrating today. But it would be a travesty not to celebrate what it specifically looks like in your life. And as we're sharing our stories through this city and into wherever we go in life, let us not forget how it's impacted our life. I love when it says the way that we overcome is by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Jesus' act on the cross is one part of it. But what that means for us and how it's working out is the second part. Jesus came that we could have life and life abundant. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's so important that we reflect on the message of the cross, not as a distant act. But if you're afflicted, he's come to bring you good news. He's come to bind up that which has broken your heart. He's come to set you free. He's come to take off the labor. If you're, heavy, if you're heavy laden and you're laboring and you're tired, he's come to tell you that, I, that he's come to bring freedom from your accusers, but also freedom from condemnation. He's come to unbind you from the things that have kept you in a place Maybe it's of addiction. Maybe it's who knows what it is. He wants to unbind you and set you free from that that whichever it was. And he's come to give you a life of purpose. A life bigger than yourself to reach out and to bring his life to other people. That's what we celebrate today on Easter. We celebrate that he went to the grave, but he has risen. And what he has risen means... It means that you can have life and that I can have life, but it doesn't stop there. It means that we get to be life bringers. We're called into a life of purpose where we can bring his life. If we don't understand that he's come to bind up that brokenhearted and bring good news to the afflicted, if we stay in those places, it's so hard to bring life. What Jesus did remains the same. But how that affects you personally Only you and God will know. If I can invite the band, if you guys could come up and just play something a little bit quietly behind. I think it's so important that we don't move from this place without giving a chance for those that would like to 
to receive this good news that I'm talking about. I love what, what our friend for the worship leader said. He said, there's no better news. There's no better story that you're ever going to hear in your entire life. There's nothing that's going to transform you more than the message of what Jesus did and the life that he came to bring to you. I was thinking about it. If you don't actually go to Disneyland, you don't get the benefit of the good news of going to Disneyland. It's the same thing for the gospel. That if you don't receive the good news, and you're just a hearer of the good news, then you actually don't get the benefits of what receiving that good news entails. We can't just be hearers, but we've got to receive it. So if I could just invite some of the, some of the leaders from the different churches just to come and stand, stand up here with me. I want to give you some space. The, the team is going to sing a song. And I want to encourage you not to pass up the opportunity. If you haven't received the good news, this morning we're celebrating it because we want to share in the life that Jesus came to bring. We want to share in that which he came to bring for you and for me. The story of the one not just the 99. So as the team comes up, I'm going to give some space. If you want to sing along with the team, you can. But I just want to pray. And then even as I'm praying, I want you to feel freedom to come on up. We've got Pastors Murray and Carl and Bruce, and we've got some other leaders come up. They're from the different churches. Don't miss the opportunity to receive the good news of Jesus. Father, we just, we, as we bow our heads and we're closing our eyes, Jesus, we're asking that people would come into the knowledge of who you are today. Lord, you came so that we could have life. The most important message that there has ever been in history is about your death and your resurrection. And the heart of that message is so that we could have life and have it to the full. Father, your heart breaks for those that are hurting, for those that have been abused, for those that have been mistreated. But Jesus, you came to bring good news to the afflicted. Father, we ask that you would have your way in this place, Lord. And those of us that have already received the good news, Lord, I pray that we would reflect on what good news you have brought to us. What does your life look like worked out in us? Father, we thank you for your good news. In the name of Jesus, amen.